Jesus spoke this parable to the disciples. The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamp and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. The wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. So all of us are familiar with the typical North American custom uh, for marriages. You get engaged, and then about a year or six months later, you get married. And then on that day, if you're the bride, you're doing your makeup. If you're the groom, you're getting a haircut or a shave. And then you get married and you have a party. It's very simple. But as we know, there are different cultures and they have different traditions that kind of mix up or add or emphasize different things. So for example, I come from the Vietnamese culture. And in the Vietnamese culture, on the day of the wedding, the groom and his family, they come to the house of the bride to retrieve the bride. And what they do is they bring all these gifts on these big red baskets. It's either tea and food, and one of the prized items is this roasted pig. And so they bring the roasted pig in, and then they have the beautiful ceremony called the tea ceremony. And at that ceremony, the bride and the groom, and then the parents, they're all drinking tea together, and then the relatives, each of them one at a time, they come up to drink tea with the bride and the groom. And then afterwards as well too, sometimes the, the family, they give them a red envelope which has money. And so some of these traditions sometimes I think are to get extra money somehow. But, but really actually also as well, it's an opportunity to welcome the bride and the groom, to congratulate them and to give them advice as well. And so in our gospel today, we hear about a Jewish wedding tradition. And so in order to understand our gospel, we need to understand the Jewish wedding customs. So the Jewish wedding begins in some ways with the betrothal. And for us, the betrothal is kind of like an engagement. But in the Jewish context, the betrothal made the bride and the groom husband and wife. If you wanted to break up from your spouse after the betrothal, you needed a certificate of divorce. And so when Mary was betrothed to Joseph, she wasn't engaged to Joseph. She was married to Joseph. But what happens is the groom doesn't live with the bride right away. In fact, he goes away for about six months to a year. And the reason why he does that is that he's going to build a home for the bride. Then after the home is completed, at the appointed time, the groom comes back to retrieve the bride and with the family. And then there's a big party. And then they bring the bride back to the home. And we know that they celebrate the wedding for about seven days, for a week, 
You need food and wine for a week. That's what we know from the story of Cana. And then afterwards, after the celebration, the bride and the groom consummate their marriage. And so when we read the gospel, of course, Jesus is not speaking of any ordinary marriage. He's speaking about the heavenly one at the end of time. And so all of these images are signs and symbol of something greater. And so who is the bridegroom? Of course, it's Jesus. And he has betrothed himself to the bride, the church. And that moment came on the cross. If you study the crucifixion, it's not just an instrument of torture or a moment of death, but it's actually a marriage ceremony. It's beautiful. And so Jesus has betrothed himself to his bride on the cross. But he goes away in the ascension, where he ascends into heaven. But he goes to heaven to prepare a house for us. We know in the Gospel of John, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. There, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. And I go so that where I am, you may be also. And so Jesus desires to bring his bride to his home. And when does he come back again? It's at the end of time, at the second coming. And so we can see then there's so many parallels with the wedding, with the, our salvation history. But going back to the original story in the gospel today, we can see the purpose of the bridesmaids then. The purpose of the bridesmaids were to hold the light when the bridegroom was coming back from retrieving his bride. And so the brides falling asleep as well also signifies a variety of different things. So the bridesmaids represent all of us. And we can be foolish or we can be wise. And we will all go through the sleep of death. But the primary image that our gospel focuses on is the image of the lamp. Because the lamp is so important because if you have oil in your lamp, you're getting into the party. But if you don't, you're getting excluded. And so for us, we're all wondering, what is the lamp symbolizing with the oil? And this beautiful, in the Gospel of Matthew, this parable is actually a summary of the teachings of Jesus earlier in the Gospel. You'll notice that the lamp is already referenced early on by Jesus. Jesus says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel basket, but opens it up for all to see. So therefore, let your good works shine before others, so that they may give glory to your Father in heaven. Ah, so already the lamp, one of the significations of it is that it is represented by good works. The second is this, is that it's interesting in the gospel, the bridesmaids say something very interesting. They say, Lord, Lord, open to us, the foolish ones at least. They say, Lord, Lord, open to us. But if you're studying the gospel of Matthew, you know that Jesus already said those words earlier. He says, it's not those who say, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Ah, so we see that a lamp filled with oil are those who do good works according to the will of our Heavenly Father. That is what it means to have a lamp filled with oil. And that's how we get into the kingdom of heaven. And so that's the invitation for us, to do good works according to the will of our Heavenly Father. But at the same time, too, I think Jesus is saying something even deeper, even more profound. There's a beautiful story. It's a parable about this husband and wife. This husband, one day, after a period of several months, decided he wanted to divorce his wife. And so he went to his wife and said, I want a divorce. And she said, why? And he, said, he didn't give her any answer. And so she began to weep. 
And so he gave her the terms of the divorce, like you get to keep this and you get to keep that. And she said, I don't want any of that. These are my terms. For the next month, we'll live together as normally as possible because our son is going to have tests soon. And so I want him to live a normal, balanced life for that period. And my last condition is this, is that every day I want you to carry me from the bedroom to the front door, just like you did on our wedding day. And for him, he thought it was a curious and strange arrangement, but he just did it because he knew that it would be over after a month. And so the first day, he was carrying his wife down the steps. He was very clumsy, a little clunky, and it was kind of weird. But when his young son saw him, it really, he began clapping joyfully. And it really pained the husband because the reality that the son saw was not what he felt in his heart. Then she, the next time that he began to carry his wife down from the bedroom to the front door, it became more natural. And for the first time in several months, maybe even years, he began to look at her for the first time. And he noticed the gray hair that was beginning to form. He noticed the fine wrinkles on her face. He noticed she was becoming thin. He began to realize the impact that the lack of his love had on his wife. But over time, by these actions, he eventually grew in intimacy with his wife. Eventually, what happened was his, one day his wife leaned his head, her head on his. And then he was reminded of his wedding day. And in fact, he was reminded of his original love for her. And so on the last day, before he carried his wife down, he knew what he had to do. He left the house and he had to break off from the relationship that was distracting him from his one true love with his wife. And on the way back to his home, he picked up some flowers and had a card that said, I will carry you until the day you die. And then when he eventually got back to her bedroom, she had unfortunately passed away. And he realized that she had been suffering from cancer for the last three months. And because he was so caught up in himself, he didn't realize what was happening. But by getting him to carry her from the bedroom to the front door, at least if he was to break up with her, he would appear to their son as a good and loving father. And I like this story because it imprints in our minds something very important. That sometimes we wait until it's too late to love. This man who had been distracted by so many other things and eventually recovered a love for his wife. But at the time he wanted to love his wife, it was too late. And so that's what can happen to us in our spiritual life. And that's what Jesus is trying to say to us. That sometimes we wait until it's too late to love God. See, because love encapsulates the idea of the lamp perfectly. Because those who love desire to do good works of service united with the will of the other. Because when you love another person, you desire to serve them with works and your hearts and your wills are united. And the thing is, in the spiritual life, my brothers and sisters, there comes a time when it is, it is too late to love God. Because at the moment of our death, the choice we've made at that moment to choose to reject or to love God is made and set forever. Because now we go from time into eternity. And at the moment of our death, we're going to choose what we have, we will receive what we have chosen. Either the eternal banquet of heaven or the outer darkness of hell. But the opportunity today is that we have the opportunity to choose to love God. There is still time, but we do not wait. But we don't know the day of the hour, so we need to choose now, to choose today, 
to love God. Just like that man in the story, sometimes we get distracted by other things that weaken and destroy our love. But Jesus today is inviting us to rekindle the love in our hearts for God. My brothers and sisters, St. John on the Cross says that at the eve of our life, we will be judged by our love. And so we're invited to reflect, if the bridegroom came tonight, would I be ready to meet him? Would I come with lamps that are full of oil or empty? And so all of us, we recognize that we all fall short of love, myself included. And so today is the opportunity. We can pray for the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with the oil of his love. We can pray that as we receive the Eucharist, we can ask Jesus to rekindle his love within us so that when the bridegroom comes, we may come to meet him with lighted lamps, with hearts full of love, so that he may bring us back to our eternal dwelling. But this is a choice we cannot wait till tomorrow, my brothers and sisters. We have to make this choice today, right now. Don't wait until it's too late to love. 